I bet most of us can relate to feelings of, uh, of loneliness. I was on a, on a plane earlier this week, and I often am, and I was flying over the East Coast, and I was in a half-empty, one of those little tiny puddle jumper planes, and um, I had just sort of woken up out of a, uh, out of a half-sleep, and my headphones were in, there was a sad, sad kind of song playing, and I, I was looking out of the window into uh, this huge city that was just glowing with lights, and it was, it was pitch black all around that city. And I, I don't know what it was. I, I'm not sure. There's a, a chill that went through my body and uh, a deep sense of loneliness settled into me. I had just spent a good two and a half weeks with my family where we got to spend a lot of, a lot of time together. And, and I was away from them just, just for a day and a half. It's flying and coming right back. But this, but this deep sense of loneliness, it, it, it sort of washed over me. And, and, it, and it felt like something that was almost borrowed from, from another time in my life that it just kind of connected to something exterior, interior in that moment. And it felt kind of like doubt. And it felt kind of like pain. And I wonder if you can relate to that, to, to that feeling. That feeling of loneliness that mingles, that's, that's friends with doubt. But if you were to think about it right now, you could, you could find a moment like that in your past. Maybe that's what you're experiencing right now. The amazing thing is, is that our, our Lord and our Savior, but also our brother Jesus, experience this as well. He, he lived the better half of, of, of 30 years on this earth, experiencing all the things that we did. So yes, of course, at, at times he felt lonely. There's nobody who can escape living on this spinning blue orb without encountering that at some point in their life, and usually quite a few times. But this, this life that Jesus lived, he, he, he experienced everything that we could ever experience. Um, and, and it came to a, a point that I feel like is so incredibly important to me right now on the cross. Um, it, if, if you're not um, from, from Christ City Church, I know we have Living Hope with us and maybe a few other folks from a few other churches with us, but we've, we've been going through a series on the, on the humanity of Jesus, where we saw how uh, Jesus, as, as one that we see as the Son of God, as divine, as our Lord and Savior, also walked and felt and thought like a human being. And so, as we dive into this passage or, or walk through it, um, we're going to explore that humanity from the perspective of him hanging on the cross. 
the cross as this place of loneliness and yes, doubt even. So Jesus, he died as we were just reading and singing about a criminal's death. And the song we'll sing after the sermon, a, a, a death, death of a thief. And we sing that and we think about that he was wrongly accused and he was done so for our sake. But Jesus was a criminal. He went against all of the rules of this world. He went against all of the power and the privilege and the prestige that this world constructed. His, every step he took, every action and everything that he said was a breaking of a law, of one of our laws. It's a, it's a, lonely, it's a lonely place to be when everything around you has been constructed in such a way that just being good, just being kind is so offensive. Caring for those that, that we decided are not worthy of care. So Jesus walked completely in step with God. And we killed him for it. It was too pretty. It was too beautiful for us to contend with. For me right now, in my faith, what is so compelling to me about Jesus is that he, being like us, made in our image, could live a whole lifetime of how it ought to be of how it should be, that he never got caught up in what it is, the isness of this world, but he strove toward always the oughtness, what it ought to be. I'm borrowing the terms of Martin Luther King Jr., who we are honoring this week, who in some ways tried to do that same thing that Jesus did, and we killed him for it too. So, As we look at these, these passages, we see that because of this life that Jesus lived, he was, he was punished physically, he was punished emotionally, he was, he was mocked, he was beaten within an inch of his life, he was brought before the powers that be and stripped literally of his clothes and stripped metaphorically of his dignity. laughed at, ridiculed because he believed in the oughtness. He believed in the kingdom of God coming. And so they strung him up on a cross, a criminal's death, the worst kind of torture available at the time. And I can't help but think that that was an example to many people who were, who were daring to dream, the disciples who were watching from a distance, crushed and heartbroken, that once again, the powers that be, the, the isness of the day would prevail. And as Jesus hung on that cross, we, we, we sang about the, 
the eternal and cosmic significance of that. But as Jesus hung on that cross, he hung there as a man. And in deep confusion and pain that goes beyond thoughts and beyond words, he came to a moment of intense loneliness and doubt. And he cried out, Eli, Eli, lama sabatani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We have a savior, we have a Lord who can relate to anyone who's ever experienced doubt, who's, who's ever been in so much pain that they had to question, does God even care at all about me or what I'm going through? This is the type of God that we worship. He is not so disconnected. He is not so far away that he cannot understand that pain and that doubt and that suffering. But he himself, Jesus Christ, experienced those things as he hung on that cross. A cultural critic, mostly known for his blues and jazz commentaries, but other things as well, named Stanley Crouch, he, was, he quipped one time that this is perhaps the greatest blues line of all time. I was told recently uh, by a, a tender at Christ City through, through Drew that um, many years ago, I think 1977, there was a, a rocket ship that was sent into space and, and it had a, a collection of music on it. 27 songs, and one of those songs uh, was, was a blues song by a guy named Blind Willie. And the song is mostly the strumming of instruments and a deep and sort of painful humming. And the song is called Dark Was the Night and Cold Was the Ground. It's a sad, sad blues song actually coming based off of an English hymn about the Garden of Gethsemane. Gethsemane. And when, when humanity or the, the team of, of people who thought, what would best represent humanity? And they, they had only 27 songs that they were sending. They, they thought to pick that one. Blind Willie, he, he had a terrible life. He was born in between the end of slavery but before the civil rights movement and he, he was recorded locally as some guys that came through that would later develop into Sony and make a lot of money off of these guys. He, he was, his, this song was recorded and later on it became well known but Willie didn't and he, he died of pneumonia in his house that had been burned, burned out, it was the frame, and he, he was in there trying to sleep uh, while it was raining, and he died an early death of pneumonia. And if there's anything that every human being knows in this world or will know, it's pain and loneliness and suffering. 
And so I think about Jesus and I think about how, how could he be our savior if he, if he didn't know those things? How, how could he be our God if, if he was not the man who is well acquainted with suffering? And so he became that. And, and so we did that. When we think about these words, if we stop and, and get out of the philosophy and the theology of, of how, oh, well, Jesus was saying this because it was at that exact moment that he was separated from God because of our sin, and we just think about a man hanging on a cross His words echo. They echo for us, but they also echo for every, every orphan child, every face covered with ash and hands marred with blood and concrete of a Syrian bomb survivor who's lost their entire family and the shells keep falling. For the sister of a Nigerian girl who's been kidnapped, the second time this has happened, her tear-soaked pillow, crying, why, why, God, why? The, the tiny fist of an unborn child that will never be born why? Every person who, who right now is struggling, just they don't, they don't know exactly who they are in this world. Maybe they're struggling with gender identity, or maybe their world is so racialized that they don't feel like they can move, or they can blink, or they can sneeze without being accused of something. Jesus' words, they echo in the contorted figure of a black mother who's lost a husband or a son because they were holding a cell phone or trying to sell a CD or a loose cigarette. For the people who are in wastelands of refugee camps all over the world, the women who see their only economic opportunity for survival to sell their bodies, they all echo this same cry of Jesus. Why, God, why have you forsaken me? So today, on Good Friday, I want us to remember that for some people in this world, for many people, for millions of people, they won't get to goods, they won't get to Sunday, Easter. They will die with Friday on their lips. They will die asking. Why have they been forsaken? And that's how our Lord died too.
with those words on his lips. So for, for just a couple more minutes, I, I want us to think about that echo and, and what that could mean. Because it says in the book of Hebrews that Jesus, he was made perfect through being obedient to God the Father. Not that he had done wrong and was becoming right by making up for his bad things, but that as God, he had yet to experience what it meant to have to submit his will as a man in the flesh to things that he didn't want to experience and do. And so Jesus needed, because he decided he did, because God decided he did, he needed to know this, what this was like, what it was like to be human, what it was like to suffer. And in that way, Jesus is the son of man. That's a title he called himself very often. He joined himself with every suffering human being and made known that God is the God of all of us. He, he told the disciples, you, you can call me brother. So, it's so weird. I don't like to call Jesus brother. It's easier and it's safer for me just to call him Lord and Lord Jesus and Son of God. But he also said brother. And so, as I meditate on that, I, th I think about how Jesus is connected to every suffering person in this world right now. And, and if, if we sing about coming and dying and, and following after Jesus, sometimes I ask myself, why am I still alive? How did I make it to 35 and a half years old if I'm a follower of Jesus? If I am pursuing the same goals for this world that he did, Why, why are we still alive? He calls us to the cross-shaped life. It's, it's funny that those bracelets were so popular, those, those what would Jesus do bracelets for so long, because what would Jesus do? He would die. He would die to make sure that the oughtness was coming into the world of this isness. And that the, bur the burden of every suffering person is our burden. It is Jesus's burden and our burden is his burden as well.
we share one another's burdens. And that includes every single suffering person in this world right now. So as I close, I just want to remind us and leave us with that idea that we follow the crucified Savior who, who, who doubted, who felt alone, who cried out in a question, and the question is the question of humanity. Jesus, he did not die for our sins so that we could live a life of indifference. He died so that we could follow him into making a difference. Let's pray. Lord, I, uh, I'm humbled by the, the path that you chose, by the wounds you were willing to let be inflicted upon you for the, the suffering that you endured for our sake, for every one of our sake, not, not just to give us the comfort of knowing that our, our personal morality is, is intact and taken care of, but that we would pursue the life that you laid out before us, that we would come and take up our cross. Thank you that there is grace when we fail to do that, when we do fall into indifference. But don't let us stay there, God. Give us courage. Courage in the midst of doubt, in the midst of loneliness. In Jesus, our brother and our Lord and our Savior's name, we pray. Amen.